Welcome to Man Talk, the podcast that's normalising the conversation about men's mental health. I'm your host, Jamie Day, and you can find me on Instagram at a day in the life dad, and you can hear more about my own mental health journey in series one of Man Talk. This show is made in support of the Movember Foundation, who are changing the face of men's health and fund life-changing and groundbreaking mental health projects around the world. You can read more about these over Movember.com. Man Talk is sponsored by Mojave's, who produce footwear for time well spent. Anyone who knows me or has followed my journey online will know how much I love the brand and their products. Their messaging really promotes me time, unwinding and self-care, which we all know with the challenges of everyday life is so important for our mental health. So thank you, Mojave's. In this episode, the last of season two of Man Talk, I return to the format of series one as I talk to Alex Galbally, otherwise known as Daddy's Triplet Girls on Instagram, about his issues of anxiety and body dysmorphia. Alex is incredibly open and honest about his struggles as he describes his darkest moments, whilst also detailing the help he's received. I'm hugely grateful to Alex for opening up like this as it's a topic that's not been discussed on Man Talk before, but I think we can all agree, as with all things that affect our mental health, it's hugely important that it's talked about. Here's Man Talk. Alex. Hello. Daddy Triple Girls. How you doing? How you doing, man? You alright? Yep, yeah, good, thank you, yeah. Thanks for coming on Man Talk. No problem. Obviously, we know each other outside of Man Talk. We've met a few times. We have, yeah. Had a romantic night away. Yep, yeah, I did. Um, I'll never forget that. One of the things that struck me from meeting you, like, I don't know, probably five times now. Yeah. One time we were in the pub and uh, you started telling me about your issues you have mentally. Yeah. Uh, which struck me because I had no idea. Like, from looking at your Instagram posts, it's very much about you and the kids and your wife. And it's like, that's kind of you. That's what you're known for. And yeah. your beard, which is sadly no longer with us. It's getting there. It's coming back. It back. Yeah, slightly. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. I know. I've got... I've, that's your thing I, I know I, I, I had a few different things that I got mentioned in and it was always like the guy with the, the, guy with the beard and the cool beard and I lost that bit oh, it's just the trips now no, no one's yeah so well I kind of I also look <laughs> about 12 and you know just I like the beard yeah the beard's got to come back but, yeah. well, but no you're right um, I I think I mask it well um, yeah. which is a delib- which I've always done I've kind of always just like tried to make a joke so no one talks to me about it, and until recently, when so I started talking about it a bit. So for, what, maybe three months ago was it when you sort of started posting pictures of yourself on Instagram, yeah. where you had your is that the tummy tuck? No, I, I just That's had lipo that lipo time. Section. Do you want to just explain the difference between the two and what you've had? Right, yeah. So um, about five years ago, I had a full tummy tuck, which is basically they slice you from hip to hip. Um, Pull your pull the skin down over and restitch it basically to right. sort of tuck your tummy in. So imagine, kind of, you've got a pouch that you can't. Mine was because I lost a lot of weight and I just had this remaining skin and fat that just was unshiftable. So, but prior to that, at the same time, I had liposuction, which is basically where they get they suck it out a bit of metal and stick it all around you, and just they they are quite brutal how they just take it out right. and you get left with it looked like I'd been run over right. like it was my whole body was bruised and yeah, so that was about five years ago um, and then about three four months ago I had another bout of liposuction right okay so this is all linked um, to basically what is body dysphoria yeah is that right that's right yeah so that, has that been actually you know diagnosed by a doctor you know you have body dysphoria or is this kind of like what you believe you have or has this kind of just been labelled this or how, um, how we got it's to It's difficult, this? like as you as you know from speaking to a lot of people, it's difficult to kind of get diagnosed when you talk about mental health because a lot of it is what you talk about 
rather than what people can medically see. But um, from having this going on for quite a number of years and speaking to a few different um, professionals, I got diagnosed with it about four years ago, right? Um, which kind of made sense. Um, it was almost a relief when they kind of labelled it, yeah. even though, you know, obviously no one wants to be labelled anything, but it kind of, everything that I looked at it, I was like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And it was like, I actually felt a relief that I wasn't just mad. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a thing, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. So body dysphoria is basically anxiety based around the way yeah. you think you look rather than the way yeah. other people you know, think you, you look. Not to, the only, to, to just to talk to about it in relative terms, the only way I can link it to like people that haven't ever experienced this is say with Charlotte, if she's going out, and she wants to wear something nice and she ends up throwing six outfits in the bin because at that night they didn't look good or yeah. they didn't she didn't feel comfortable in them and she was like oh that shows my lumps and bumps it's kind of like that so every time you look in a shop window you see what no one else sees every time you catch a glimpse of yourself if someone takes a photo you delete it six times before you're happy with it yeah. because you can see something that isn't probably there You'd focus on that one little speck of I've got a slight double chin or I've got um, I can see my belly sticking out my jumper or, you know, and it's not there. Yeah. You know, it's, everyone else is like, what are you talking about? You look yeah. great. You know, you've, you've, I'm the lowest weight I've been in my adult life at the moment. I go to the gym, but I still can't look, I still can't walk past the window without looking at myself. I can't. I don't buy 90% of the clothes I try and I can't buy clothes online purely because I can't face the fact that I can't try them on. Right. And I know whether it looks good on me or not because there'll be things that just, I'm like, no, because it just gets in my head and it's just, it is hard. I mean, it's really difficult. So, so what do you see when you walk past the shop window or look in the mirror? I probably see the, the guy that I was once upon a time, which was, so when I, I was always a bit, I was a bit overweight at school, but nothing that really was a problem, just a little bit heavier than I should have been. And then when I sort of hit 17, 18, started drinking like everyone, like most people do. And I was, I think because I was conscious of it, I was that guy that could drink 20 pints, you know. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, and it became my thing. And it was like, Alex is hilarious and he can down six bottles of Blue Wicked in three minutes and all that sort of stuff. And obviously as a consequence of that, you put more and more weight on right. because obviously drinking isn't a great thing for when you've um, trying to not put weight on. So it kind of went hand in hand. And all of a sudden over a space of about two or three years, I'd gone up to about 21 stone, right. but without kind of realizing it, like I never, I weren't bothered. I, I don't. I didn't think I was bothered. I, I was just living. And did I, you? Well, you say you're not bothered. If you looked in the mirror then, or in a shop window then, what did you see? I wasn't. I wasn't. Like, I'd never look at myself and be like, "Yeah, you know, looking good, son." But I wasn't bothered by it particularly. Part of your personality being this yeah, kind of. Yeah, I was like, the larger, you know, the, jet of the lad, kind yeah. of who next three blue WKDs. Yeah, and and, and that was my thing. And I think because that was kind of how I became in the in crowd in a way by being that guy that was always got drunk first got thrown out the club first but along with that i actually had blackouts from from alcohol um and that went on for a number of years and i and looking back off and think was that was i blacking out because i was unhappy with what i'd become or was it just because if you drink 20 yeah, pints yeah, in three yeah. hours you black out i don't know but 
It's um, interesting because I used to drink a hell of a lot and I used to drink to the point that I passed out. Yeah. Because I didn't want to like think anymore. I just wanted to like Yeah, go but to you sleep. probably didn't no. realise that, did yeah. you? Well, I kind of did, but you know. Yeah, well, no, no, but I, I, I don't, I didn't at the time. I just thought, oh, you know, another crazy night and yeah, everyone yeah. rings you the next day and goes, oh, I can't believe you, you know, yeah. did whatever. But, um, and then it got to sort of my mid-twenties and I'd had enough of being big um, and it was starting to become a bit of a problem and um, I thought I'm going to lose the weight. And I tried, I remember I tried Atkins diet when I was, um, about yeah, early 20s and I ate all the burgers and sausages before I'd even got to work and then I went and had a massive lunch and then a McDonald's so I'd struggled massively with food um, it beca- it was like a guilty pleasure I remember when I was little getting fingers in a honey pot of honey while my mum and dad were in the lounge you know and I'd nick sweets from uh, whereas everyone else was like trying to get cigarettes or whatever I'd be getting sweets and I w- I'd be eating five or six miles bars before school but always without anyone seeing me it was right. almost like a and it just it kind of got worse and worse and I, I thought I've got, I've got to sort this out um, and I tried all these diets and it never worked and then one day I literally really had had enough of it and I was like I'm going to lose the weight I'm going to um, sort myself out and I, and I just went on a really strict diet and started exercising and it fell off basically the weight I lost what, about six stone was it on those like fad diets or did it literally no it was like you know, itself? yeah like I mean, because this was sort of 15, 20 years ago, most of the diets that are around now didn't really exist. But it obviously, like the I think it was like the Atkins was a thing. But it was just like, stop eating rubbish, stop drinking, do exercise. You know, it was like pretty straightforward. And I, I didn't really tell anyone, but it just fell off me. And I went from 21 stone to about 14 stone. Um, In what space of time? Not very long, less than a year. Right. And then I started doing marathons and I, and then I, I, I completely changed my perception of um, what I wanted to be. Um, I still went out, still drunk. I was still like, tried to be funny, but um, I kind of turned it around um, and I thought that was the end of it. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that was kind of the beginning of it, the right. mental side of it. So that's like mid-twenties, right? This is mid-twenties, right. yeah. So you got down to 14 stone. Yeah. And also, you, you know, play football to like a decent stand as well. You're doing all yeah, that. Yeah, I well. played football. So, were you like playing football like 21 stone and things like that? I well? was. I, right. I've played football for 30 years, um, never missed a season. And when I was at my biggest, I was still playing. I was a goalie, so it kind of done me a favour because <laughs> they covered most of the goal. But, um, like, I still played football. and But then when I lost all the weight, I actually ended up um, doing a bit of like semi pro football for a couple of years yeah, and like I doing quite that. well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but it was harder because I had to sort of. I weren't the presence I was. So when I shouted for the ball, everyone used to get out of the way, but they didn't anymore. But um, no, and I met Charlotte at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it all kind of was going great. And then um, I kind of, after a little while, I wasn't happy with the skin that I'd been left with. So I lost the weight and I was carrying on and I was doing marathons and I was going to the gym. And then the weight kind of, because it had affected me as so I've been heavy for so long, it kind of left a lot of skin and a lot yeah. of um, sort of fat that they just can't, you just can't get rid of. Um, so I was unhappy for quite a while about that. Then I had the surgery done. Um, and again, I thought oh, that's the end of it. Had, when you met Charlotte, did it ever be an issue? How did you feel I didn't like it? take my shirt off. I wouldn't take my shirt off on holiday. Yeah. Um, didn't like running in front of her because I felt like my body was jingling up and down. And, and then like I'd never 
I'd never had anxiety before, um, or not knowingly, but my sort of anxiety started around the time about my weight. And um, my biggest fear would be if somebody said to me, you know, like if you see someone and they say, you're looking good, or you, you see someone and they'd go, oh, blimey, you put a bit of weight on. And it would probably be your mate who was just blokes tend to say things like that. Digest, yeah. I I'd actually, I, I feel a bit emotional talking about it. I cannot... The thought of someone saying that to me would be like the biggest, the worst thing that could happen. And I'd be conscious of it. Everyone I saw would be like, they're going to say it to me. They're going to say it to me in a minute. Did it ever happen? No. Right. Still doesn't. So you had this anxiety. So it's it started a physical thing. It's now like becoming a mental thing. Yeah, it became a, but I, I didn't know what the root cause of it was. The, the anxiety. I just, I'd get like, the only way I can describe it, having now being a parent, is like if you lost your son in Lakeside. And you turn around and he's gone. And then you look, where is he? Where is he? And that like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, I found him. I, I just get that constantly. And like a in my chest, yeah, like yeah. a tightness of the chest. And I thought it's a chest infection. I kept going to the doctors and, right. and it, and I just kept getting this anxiety. And I think the weight, losing the weight kind of kicked it off um, for me. And, you know, they'd be like, you know, like you have your sort of winter and your summer clothes. Every time I'd get, the next close out from last year, I'd be like, these ain't going to fit me. These ain't going to fit me. And I'd be worried about it. And I'd buy clothes that were too big because I knew I'd fit into them. And if I put a shirt on and, you know, like the buttons a bit, well, yeah. you know, everyone puts a, put one puts a couple of pounds on and loses it. You know, that's normal. Right. But if I did, I'd rip the shirt, start tearing it up, Jeez. like get fried out the window, just fume, you know, really upset about it. But, and, I, and it just kept, it was just getting worse and worse. Um, so that's when I thought I'm going to have the surgery done because I thought that would be, that's going to help me. Cause so that would, that would, that would be the end of it in your mind. So you like, sort it out yeah. physically. Right. So I've done the, done the weight, sort out my body. Hopefully I can just move forward. But yeah. unfortunately, um, I've, I've only just admitted this recently because uh, on Instagram, because I've never really mentioned it to anyone, but I still have got problems with food. Um, like I still binge eat, even though, like, I don't know, I've been posting what I eat recently, but I've been eating like boiled eggs for breakfast, you know, with spinach and trying to have salad for lunch. But what I don't post is that I'll go in the kitchen and while Charlotte's watching TV and the kids are in bed, then I'll just stuff my mouth with right. 10 biscuits. And I, but I wouldn't sit in the front room with her and eat them. Does Charlotte know that goes on? Well, like, she does now. <laughs> she <laughs> no, would. she does because obviously there's a lot of where's that gone? You know, where's Henry's chocolate money gone or whatever it is? And it's like I ate it or I can't help it, um, and I'm embarrassed by it. But maybe I don't do it every day, or I, you know, it's it's very strange. It just it's almost linked to like if I'm feeling down, perhaps so comfort, comfort. I get embarrassed, but I don't like eating in front of people anyway. Um, but I don't know. It, it's just um, something that you that I've just learned to live with, I guess. Right. But admitting it has made me feel a lot better. Yeah. Because when when I've spoke about things on like social day, people come out and talk to me and say, "Oh my god, my husband's got exactly." Yeah. In actual fact, when I first had the op done, and I mentioned I was talking about it, one a guy I actually know quite well rang me up and was crying and he he said no one has ever hit the nail on the head after what you just said which was which was the sort of stuff we've been talking about yeah. it's like i've had it for years can't explain it and you've 
bang on the money and, and it was great you know to so feel like you helped you had that effect on someone else amazing yeah and I think a lot of you know I can't talk for people but I, I know a lot of guys and women have these problems around yeah. it so I think everyone who opens up about their mental health and in your case it's mental and physical health is mm-hmm. like doing so much good like for the people that are suffering in silence like you know yeah absolutely and obviously with someone like of you you're standing on instagram with almost a hundred thousand followers the amount of people are going to see that and like be i don't know if the word, the word is comforted but like it's it's a, it is a comfort Relatable. to people like, yeah. to, and it hits the nail on the head it's kind of to see someone else going through the same thing yeah and you're not and you know you're not suffering in silence and they no. take your advice and they see you as an inspiration yeah like yeah, you know, thank you, and I, and I think the least you can do if you're privileged enough to have a decent following or whatever it is, or a platform, is be honest and talk yeah. about it if you've been there. Because you know, there's so many people. You see all the calm stuff and all that sort of stuff. Where you know, the, I think the biggest killer in men under 25 or 45, 30, 45 suicide. is suicide. I mean, yeah. it's shocking, yeah. absolutely shocking. And I know people that have lost their lives from and you wouldn't even think they had a problem mm, you know exactly. they've never mentioned it they were fine played football with them yeah. one day get that phone call and it's right. you know I think if more people spoke about it like we are then yeah I think, I think influencers I hate that word but people on social media if they can help influence people in a positive way rather than just you know telling them to go and buy a washing up tablet mm. you know like to influence no, someone as positive as it is yeah that's that's and it's got to be a good thing. Yeah, and it is hard. I mean, Charlotte comes from a completely different background to me in terms of talking about this stuff. They've never really everyone gets things, don't they? But they've not really had problems with mental health and stuff. And she finds it difficult to talk to me about because and she's been a massive rock for me. She's mm. been incredible and but at first she just didn't get it. Mm. And she'd be like, What's the matter with you? You know, you look you've lost six stone. Like, look at you. You look great. You know, you're wearing, you know, the shirt you've always wanted to wear. And it's not till she lived with me for a while. She kind of understood like that. I'd have to, if we go on holiday, I have to go for a run before we get on a plane. When we get to, when we arrive on holiday, I have to go to the gym. There's, it's not like I just want to, Mm. I, I actually physically have to because she knows that I can't relax and right. my anxiety starts and Christmas Day. And that was a problem at one point because I think she was almost like, you know, are you having a laugh? And it was like, I don't want to go to the gym or I don't want to go for that run, but I kind of have to. Otherwise, I'm petrified I'm going to put weight on just because I haven't exercised that day. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's, it's killer. It's actually really difficult. So we were talking about your – that was the first – we talked about the – we talked yep. about the tum tuck, the first yep. round of lipo. Yep. And then your second one was more recent. Yeah. That's the one we haven't touched yeah. on yet. So how, how long ago was the first one? About five years ago. So over these, in that period of the five years, yeah. have things got worse for you or have you just not seen any improvement like mentally and physically or what, what made you get um, to that point five years later to have another round? It, it was a combination of things. So I, I got stuck in a rut um, with running. So like I mentioned earlier, I was doing about, 1200 miles a year running so I was doing about 100 a month and obviously that's working full time and having triplets so um, I was doing so much running that I think it started having like no effect on me because you know if you just do the same thing constantly it just your body just gets used to it and also my legs were hurting and I'm talking like 
can't walk hurting. Um, and I just thought this isn't doing me any favours anymore and it, I don't enjoy it anymore. I used to go out and listen to a podcast and have a jog, you know, around the park or whatever, but now it's become a thing. Even if it's snowing, I'd go and find a gym that would let me just pay for one session just so I could go on a treadmill, right? You know, it's, it's shocking. Mm. Um, and I thought, I can't go on like this anymore. Um, so I need to change something. And at the same sort of time, um, I kind of started getting into old habits eating-wise um, a little bit. Um, I started eating too much. Um, and I think it's because we had the triplets and I'm not using them as an excuse, but our life is hard. You know, they're 19 months old. And having a bar of chocolate sometimes is to the one comforting thing of the so day. Yeah, yeah, or a couple of beers or whatever it is. I totally um, get that. You know, yeah. And I've only got two kids. And- yeah, but when people say that to me, I, I, I remember it was hard with one. So it is hard whether you've got right. one or ten. But you know what it's like. If you have, I don't know, a box of apple pies at 11 o'clock at night, that's probably like the best thing that's happened yeah. just personally that day sometimes. Yeah, it's a reward, but then that, yeah. those six apple pies are going to sit in your tummy because you're not work, doing any exercise during the night. And exactly. It's like- and, 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 I, and I kind of, I don't know whether it was in my head because if you ask Charlotte and the scales, nothing changed, but I could see, I could see my body not, it was getting my, it was getting worse. Right. So I decided to have another lot of lipo um, just to, put myself back to where I perhaps was five years ago. Right. Um, whether that's another consequence of my mental health, yeah, I don't yeah. know, probably is. Um, but I have to pay for all this stuff myself, by the way. So It's all done privately. It's all done privately. I don't know what, I think there's certain requirements to get anything done on the NHS that you have to have been a certain weight and right. you have to, have, I don't know, but I wouldn't have been able to get it done on the NHS, I know that. Um so yeah, I had another lot and I also joined a gym um, at work, which I go every day and I've started swimming, cycling, so doing one of a lot. So I've changed, yeah, but wow. I've changed my, I've kind of changed my exercise and I, but I wanted to get back to a point to do that. So it was almost like a natural thing for me where yeah. had that lipo done, I think it was in July or something went on holiday, come back and I was like, right, bang, I'm, I'm going to change now. I'm going to do different things at the gym. I'm going to stop doing that running. I'm just burning myself into the ground yeah. and I'm going to be more positive. Do I still look in the mirror every day? Yep. You know, I did it on the way to this interview. You know, right. I walked past a bit of glass and I was looking at myself. I was like, oh God, I'm fat. I can't help it. You know, so I, that's basically what you see. Cause I've met you a year ago, maybe about a year. And also I, you know, not it would never have entered my head that no. this guy, you know, he's got eating issues or weight issues or anything like that. You know, so this is something that's just this is basically it's just lived in me, yeah. Perfect kind of mm. definition of body dysphoria. Like, yeah, that this is something that you see, but everyone else thinks like yeah. you look great. Yeah, and and it kind of um, you constantly ask for reassurance. So I went for a phase, and I've stopped doing it now. But I'd, I'd always say to my mates or Charlotte or anybody. Do you think I've put on weight? Like, just like, and they're like, no. Oh. They're always going to say no, aren't they? They're always going to say That's no. Um, but maybe they should have said yeah. But I mean, it was almost like a thing, you know, like a paranoia thing, I think. And I, I still probably do it sometimes now. Um, but like you say, no one's going to say yeah, are they? Yeah. Especially now I've said all this. So we've, we've talked about the physical changes you've made in terms of the surgery and all the yeah. extra sport you do. 
Now, obviously, we're talking about how this is a mental yeah. challenge as well. Have you had uh, treatment mentally as well? Yeah, so years? it's difficult to pinpoint exact dates and stuff, but over the sort of last... It's pretty much since I've been with Charlotte, which is no reflection on her, obviously, because she's been amazing. But um, I think she's kind of helped me or encouraged me to talk about it to professionals and my work have been really supportive. Um, but I sort of went and saw someone about 10 years ago. Um, they said I had a personality disorder, which was like um, kind of an addictive personality. So right. I was addicted to anything that, started doing which kind of might be right because with the exercise but you start something and you become addicted yeah to it. so it was Whether alcohol cigarettes yeah. betting pornography could be anything right um and you need to go on these tablets and you need to go in a priory for a month that was what they said to That's me what, what tablets were they do you remember can't remember uh like add a z in it or an x or something it sounded <sighs> no it's Zan all that zantax is it or something maybe i don't know, I don't know. I, but i said no to both because i was like what you're talking about i expected to come here and have a good cry and tell you a load of stories like what i've probably just told and you know i feel a bit better but you've just blown me out of the water with this so i never went back you never went back you never didn't, went back. You didn't, didn't follow the pill, up with the priory. no went back a couple of years later because i've always had like anxiety but i've not really known what it is so until the last few years where i've kind of realized what it is um, do you think you so just to cut in? Do you think you realise because it's now such a bigger thing out in the media and out in you know the open world? People talk about anxiety. Yeah, I think. But even hearing others talk maybe. about it, yeah. um, and like I've had, um, you know, I find it difficult to talk about this, but I've had suicidal thoughts for a lot of my life, um, and it's never like I've never got past the point of having a plan, but it's just like. If I just went in front of that train, this would just be over now. Yeah. Or if I, I wonder what it'd be like, like it's almost like a curiosity thing. And Charlotte found that difficult because obviously I didn't tell her about it at first. But after a while, I sort of started talking when we started because we're quite open. I started. I spoke to her about it, and she found it really difficult to hear because it yeah. was. She must be like, is this because you're not happy? But it's not about that. I can't help how my mind thinks and mm. I'd be driving along and never with the kids or Charlotte, obviously, but just on my own. And I'd be like, well, if I just, you know, hit that tree, mm. all the stuff I worry about and all the it's problems gone. I've got yeah, are just yeah. gone. And then I hated having them thoughts. Like they're shocking. And sometimes I have dark days where, I mean, I don't, I never got diagnosed with depression or anything like that, but I think, if I think about it, I do suffer from it um, because I just wake up and find myself in a dark place. I avoid people on the platform, on the train. Mm. I avoid people generally and I can feel myself going like that. Um, and because of the way I am and the person I am, people are often like, hello, mate. They expect, they expect hey. something of you. And yeah. I'm like, I, I can't face talking to you. Like yeah. I just can't deal with this. And I've become do, like do a victim. Do you tell them that or do you just avoid them? I just avoid them. I walk yeah. different way home. Yeah. Don't answer my phone. Um, and I struggle. I find that difficult um, because there's a lot of expectation. Like if we go on a night out, people will always be like, oh, is Alex, he'll make me laugh. But if I'm feeling that way, I find that quite difficult sometimes. Of course. Just to almost have to have a couple of drinks before I go out to liven myself up. Otherwise, I can't be... So maybe I'm hiding behind that person. I don't know. But... Um, 
it's quite com you know it's complex um I, just to go back to your question i've been over the last 10 years i've been um to see a few different people and i've I had a woman that i went to see who was like a psychiatrist and we just did exactly what i wanted to do and that was talk and we just went back to childhood and we went back to the fat kid and we went back to all these other things and i felt really good because i, I there's not many times in life where people actually listen to you because yeah, they always want to have yeah, yeah. they they want to have their say because yeah. it don't matter who it is. She just listened to me and you know we she offered me the tablets I didn't want them, um, and that felt good. Um, but then I've sort of controlled the anxiety by doing different things, but it's never gone away. Um, and I just it was sort of getting worse, um, and it just was like a niggle that I just can't get rid of. Um, and I couldn't really understand why, um, until about, I had this other, um, liposuction and then I actually went to see a hypnotherapist, um, on the recommendation of a colleague of mine. And I won't lie. I thought, what are you talking about? You know, I thought Paul McKenna, you know, making everyone pretend they're a lion or whatever. I thought, you know, but I thought I'll give it a go. Um, did you go to the person went to the person that you recommended yeah Yeah, is this guy in Ipswich Um, and it was all a bit strange and he gave me a tape to listen to which and and when I just to be clear when I spoke to him I was talking about the anxiety not the weight stuff because I kind of wanted to treat the two things separately even though I know they're linked Um, because I just had the surgery and I thought I can the weight thing I can deal with I think I need to just love myself and realized i'm not that guy but maybe i do need some more help with that probably but i went there for the anxiety he made me like a cd of his voice that was like literally him going imagine you're walking down to this garden and it was really like to get you in the zone and you had to listen to that every day for two weeks before you went back so i listened to this cd every night and you're not allowed to listen to it while you're driving because it can send you like asleep basically and did it ever like yeah like charlotte listened to it as well because he said your wife can listen to it because it's not there's nothing detailed in there. It's just like a relaxation thing that allows your mind to be open, to be hypnotized when you actually are going to go under. So it's like a prep thing, right? But you have to listen to it every night. So me and her would put it on and then she'd be a snoring within about 30 seconds of it starting. Um, Give this to my kids. Yeah, that was great. Um, And then I went back um, and I went back three more times and I went under. So um, you do feel yourself go under? like Yeah, you sort of... Look around the eyes, don't... Yeah, like, you know what's going on. Like, you know, if you need to scratch your nose, you can scratch your nose. You're not like a zombie, but you're in the most tranquil, calm place you've ever been in that if you think about when you're relaxed, when you get in bed or whatever, if you times that by, like, 100, you're in this, like, almost can't move, you're so relaxed. And then he sort of goes into your mind. And the way, you know, I'm not saying I'm this is right or wrong. It's just my opinion. The way he described it to me was you have a subconscious and a conscious mind. When you take tablets, you suppress your conscious mind, which stops you having the bad thoughts or whatever it is. If you have therapy, you can deal with it better. But if you have hypnosis, I can go into your subconscious mind and find out what the root of your problem is and change the way you think about it or feel about an incident or a catalogue of incidents that have happened previously, right? And we can change the way your mind thinks because it isn't you deliberately thinking whatever you think to be anxious. It's 
your mind doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Your subconscious mind, which yeah. is the same thing that knows how to tie your shoelaces up or whatever, right? So I've, I'm obviously like thinking, yeah, all right, mate, you know what? But it kind of made sense. And then um, he went in and we got the things out that were causing me problems. And it was like, it can be anything. It's not necessarily something that you even knew about. It might be, you know, you've bent over and your trousers ripped when you were five and everyone saw your bum or whatever. You know, it's like something that really random um, or it might be something that you knew was in there that you just didn't ever talk about. I won't, you know, it's private, but um, he went in and he almost replaces the anxiety with um, excitement. So you, you do this thing where you kind of go into yourself when you were younger and you take out that feeling and you replace it with a feeling of your choice. And I replaced mine with excitement. Right. right? So again, this all sounds a bit strange, but so now when I feel I'm going to get anxious about certain things, I get excited. And instead of getting anxiety in my chest, I get that like, oh, we're going to score a goal kind of, whoa, you know, doesn't always work. Like I still do get a bit anxious about stuff, but I'm 90% of it is really changed for me. You know, that amazing stabbed in the heart feeling. And do you need to carry, do you need to carry on seeing him or is it? No, it was like four sessions and you know i think i need to go back i was speaking about it to, to charlotte recently about my weight because i don't think i'm there yet with it um but anxiety wise you know we're always i'm always going to be anxious because I'm, I'm a bit like that i was anxious about doing this because i think everybody is but um the sort of unscheduled unwelcomed anxiety about nothing that just was just constantly eating away at me has just disappeared you know it's only been a couple of months but you know there's been there was a guy here um who i work with who again i won't go into it because it's private but he had a few problems and i went i told him to go and see him and i haven't spoke to him because this was quite recently but he went once and he was like really excited about it and 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 just you know to talk to him about his problems and just say look this is my experience and why don't you try this you know is is really great that something's actually worked because nothing's really worked for me. Whether it's I've lost the weight, changed my appearance, I've gone to the gym, I've had therapy, I've had this, that, and the other, and nothing's really kind of changed anything for you me. You think this is it? I've, I've maybe, but sounds good. It, it is good. It's very good. No um, one else has ever mentioned hypnotherapy. On no, and day. and I know you know people might be like, yeah, you know, turn their nose up and. But I think people are hopefully a bit more open-minded when it comes to Yeah, that. be open-minded, give it a go. I mean, you know, it's not, um, it's worth a try. I mean, I think I paid about, I think I paid about 300 quid for four sessions. It's like 80 quid or something. It's not, it's not something like that. So it's not, it's worth a go if you've got problems because, you know, some of the stories that the hypnotherapist was telling me about people he's helped were, you know, incredible. You know, like the, things like um, he had a girl that, was really great swimmer and she was going to make it and be the next Olympic swimmer. But she, every time she got in the water, she froze. She, he got into her mind and all that. And it found, he found out that she'd sat through a, a thunderstorm when she was a baby or, or a real little girl. She was about eight or something. When she was like two or three, she'd sat in this thunderstorm and her mum and dad had gone, what's the matter with you? You know, go back to bed. And she sat under her bed and it was terrible. And he got that out of her head and she didn't even know that had happened, this girl. I think she might have been a little bit older. I can't fully remember, but then she went on and 
she's the school champion and all that. And that was what was restricting her from doing, Amazing, isn't it? you know, she'd, she'd fall apart at the race day or whatever. And it was just something silly yeah. like that. There's no pocket watch either, you know. Yeah, that's like what I was when he starts you know, like doing the old, old matey and yeah. uh, Little Britain as well. Yeah. <laughs> look around the ice, don't look around the ice. Yeah, you're under. exactly. So, no, it's none of that. To sum up, you're kind of in a good place now after this hypnotherapy, but yeah. you're aware that yeah. there's still there's some work to, to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think I'll ever rid myself of it completely because, yeah. well, maybe I will. I'd love, I'd like to, but, you know, I'm, I'm in a better place than I have been. Yeah, you sound um, positive. Yeah, and like just by connecting with other people it makes you realize how many people were affected by it even when i did my things on instagram you know the amount of people that said oh my brother had this and my wife had this and you know you're not it's, you're not on your own like you know everybody's got their own stuff going on so definitely positive but definitely just somewhere along the road that might be forever i don't know yeah, yeah. and if someone out there is in a similar boat. They're listening to this. What would be your kind of like one takeaway? Bit of advice. What's the first step, would you say? I mean, I'd just say admit it or just admit that you want to talk about it. And that that's the first hurdle. Because once you start, once you can admit to yourself that it's not right or it's not kind of what I want to be thinking or feeling, then you can start the road to doing something about it. Because until you actually go, yeah, okay, I do think these terrible things, I do throw my clothes out the window, whatever it is that's just not right, you can't move forward until, and whether that's just admitting it to yourself or your partner or your friend or a colleague at work, just anything, just, you know, open it up. And, and I, I even, I say this genuinely, you know, if you want, if you want to send me a message on Instagram, I'm happy, I'll, I try my best to get back to everybody, but I will chat to you about it because I've loads of people that I've never met in my life that share all sorts of things with mm. me and I've got no problem at all with that. That's incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much. No problem. I think that's a really good, really good place to yeah. round it up, Alex. Thank you so much for being on Man Talk and I'm sure everything you've said is going to be, it's going to resonate with so many people and... All right, thanks. Thanks for having me, mate. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks again to the show sponsor, Mahabi's, who produce footwear for time well spent. Check out mojaves.com to see their products and you can use the code MANTALK with no space or capitals to get 10% off. If you're struggling with your mental health, please reach out to someone you know, your GP or a charity such as Calm or the Samaritans. Help is out there. Thanks again for listening and take care.